All right. Welcome back to the Catching Feelings podcast. First of all, where are we? Um, we are currently in Oahu. Yep. Uh, my baseball season just finished a couple days ago, and Nikki is on a small break from, from school and work. Yeah. So we're back home. Home is like a weird term, though, because it just feels like a vacation. It doesn't feel yeah. like home. I don't know. It's weird to be back, especially it's our first time being back married. Right. So it's kind of cool. We get to like see all of the people that we knew growing up as a married couple. Even our own family hasn't even seen us married. Yeah. Just our immediate family. Yeah. But not our extended family. Okay. Anyway. There is so much to update on because so much has happened since the last podcast. Let's start with the beginning of where we left off. I don't remember what, what the last one was. It was like your goals for spring training. Oh. So we left off right before you left for spring training. Okay, well, I went to spring training and I got released. Yeah. So I guess those goals didn't really pan out. Yeah. can you talk about getting released a little bit um yeah it was kind of weird so obviously getting released isn't something that anybody wants to happen but it's just part of the business of baseball so i last season i kind of earned my way into a starting first base job and but then after the draft happened in the middle of the summer then i kind of lost all my playing time to the new draft guys so from the end of last year i could already kind of see the writing on the wall starting to happen and then i got to spring training this year and they were asking me to catch bullpens again even though i hadn't caught for over a year mm-hmm. at this point they're asking me to catch bullpens again which i was totally okay with like i trained in the off season to catch yeah but then they didn't even give me catcher's gear. So yeah, it's like, like how am I supposed to catch? You're yeah. supposed to get new catcher's gear from the team. Yeah. So just from the very beginning of spring training, I was like, man, this isn't looking good for me. Really? Well, okay. So my side, from my side, we were texting during spring training. And whenever you don't text me, that's how I know you're not doing well. Yeah. Because if you like hit a home run or something, you're going to text me. Mm -hmm. So then you didn't really, well, we don't really communicate that much in general anyway when we're apart. But like really you weren't saying a lot. So then I was like, it must not be good, but I just don't want to ask, you know? Yeah. And then, I don't know, you're kind of staying positive, but I could tell that something was wrong. And then, yeah, you got me, you, you texted me that you got released and I was on the treadmill starting my workout and i ended my workout right there because i just didn't know what to do after that (laughs) dang well i'm sorry i ruined your workout no not at all well honestly i didn't really play that bad like this was probably the best spring training i've ever had Mm -hmm. like first of all my very first at bat of spring training this year i hit a double like 109 miles per hour exit velocity and that's by far the hardest ball i've hit in my career yeah so for me to like show immediate improvement that i made in the off season and not have it like work out in the end is kind of hard to swallow i guess yeah well also like you said going back to the previous season you were doing really well that season yeah like right when they cut my playing time off that was the best baseball i've played so far for the phillies right but once they brought in their own guys then you stopped playing yeah which is like 
that organization just got a new minor league director coordinator right. and then it just took time for him to bring in his own coaches his own staff and then eventually his own players yeah so yeah basically they're just like cleaning house yeah pretty much like i think for my 2019 draft class there's probably maybe three people left in the phillies org wow out of 40 rounds plus free agents mm-hmm. which just goes to show like that it's hard to stick around through changes, changes happening yeah. within the org which is normal like that's it's just part of the expected. business yeah um it just sucks that it happened that way but i don't know i was super flustered not because i was sad that you got released but i was just like feeling for you you know yeah. and then i felt bad that i couldn't be there for you well it's just like I remember after I got released, I texted you and then I texted uh, my parents, obviously. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, my dad was pretty flustered about it, Mm -hmm. I think. More so than me. Yeah. And same for you. I think you might have been more flustered than I was. Yeah, I think... Because I could just, like, see it coming from last season already. Yeah. But I don't think you wanted to say because you didn't want to worry us. Yeah. But the same for me. Like, my reaction to you was like, okay it's fine but what do we do next you know i didn't want to be like oh my gosh this is so crazy this is so sad like i'm so sorry like i didn't want to yeah well it didn't really feel like that yeah and then but like that's also part of the reason why i worked so hard in the off season this year yeah is because from when i lost my playing time last year i was like dang like this sucks like it could be your last year yeah so i just like tried to go all in yeah your response was so weird though it was like you were so calm and then of course you were upset but then you kind of just saw it as a new opportunity to play somewhere else well i kind of just told myself that in my head but the truth is i knew that i had to find somewhere to play for the season Mm -hmm. immediately so i think i really didn't have time to let it set in that dang i just got released yeah because, because you had to think for about the next because thing. the season is literally going to start in like a couple weeks yeah so i couldn't really soak it in yeah of what just happened plus we had to sh- figure out what to do with your car yeah like you had to I, fly okay back this to is Seattle. how it went down it was like the second to the last day of spring training and i was walking into the field that day it's like i don't know seven in the morning eight in the morning or something and the Phillies complex is set up where like there's a main office in the front and I saw one of my coaches come out of the main office and start walking towards me and I just put my head down and kept walking towards the locker room. Yeah. And I was just telling myself like, please don't walk over to me. Yeah. And he said, Micah, like come with me. They want to talk to you upstairs. So I went up the stairs and this, I knew what was happening. Yeah. So I went up the stairs and they sat me down in the, player director's um office yeah and it was him like his assistant and then a couple like other high front office type of people and it was just the basic like man you came into spring looking good and like you competed but like we just don't have playing time for you this season so we're gonna let you go Mm -hmm. and then was it hard for you not to just like break down in that moment I'm, like, getting emotional. Yeah, like, my heart was racing a little bit. Yeah. But it's kind of, like, whatever. It's just one of those things. Yeah. So they gave me that, like, 30-second 
speech mm-hmm. and I shook their hands. I went into the office next door and signed my release papers. Yeah. And that was it. Wow. Like, I was in and out of there within like 10 minutes. And then you're just on your own after that, yeah. basically. Literally like, well, the actual office stuff took yeah. like maybe two minutes. And then I went downstairs to the locker room, packed my locker and left within like 15 minutes. What was that 10, like minutes. in the locker room being there packing your stuff with everyone? Yeah, it's kind of weird because like everyone's eating breakfast. Yeah. And then they see you like packing your locker. So like everyone knows what's happening. Yeah. But a lot of my teammates were like surprised when I went up to them. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, man, like I just got released. And all of them are they just like start laughing or like. I mean, they don't know, like, yeah. laughing in a, like, oh, you're kidding, right? Yeah. Type of way. Mm-hmm. But, like, everyone was like, are you serious? Like, what What the heck? What, like, what are they doing? Yeah. So, it's just, like, a weird situation. Mm-hmm. And then. It's, like, sad. Yeah, like, you're, like, brothers I literally had to be on a guys. flight the next morning to Seattle. I went back to Seattle to, like, finish training at Driveline until yeah. Indie Ball started. But, yeah, like, the next day, I flew to Seattle. And I think I spent maybe three weeks in Seattle yeah, until Indie Ball started. Yeah. It was a good, it was so good it was for a, us. Yeah, but it was like such a quick turnaround, you know? Like yeah. I couldn't really process everything that happened in such yeah, a short amount of time. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know. It felt like a long, it was almost a month that you were back, actually. Yeah. From the end of getting released to the start of the new Indie Ball season. And then I remember praying after you left for spring training. I was like please like is there any way that we could just spend some more time together (laughs) like we just got married you know and i was like this kind of sucks like we're married now and we're apart and i was like oh this is not what i meant (laughs) but it was still like a blessing in disguise because it was nice to spend that month together right yeah so but like it's it's a weird concept because after you get released as a wife and like as a family even as a player you just like don't know what to do because no one, it's not a common thing to go this down this path, right? Yeah. So you're kind of looking for places to turn. It's not like a ton of people go through this experience. Like you can't just turn to your parents or your mentors because like no one knows what to do in this situation. So like I was going through OBL, like all the stories, their foundation. And like just a lot of wives post stuff about indie ball and stuff. So I was just like going down rabbit holes trying to figure out what to do next. Like, should you attend an indie ball spring training? Like, what are we even supposed to be doing? Yeah. So you ended up making a video of your highlights and then setting out to. Well, first of all, I didn't. I knew indie ball was the next step. Yeah. So did I. But I, I didn't know how to go about trying to get onto a team. Right. So I texted my agent who thankfully like had some contacts which didn't end up panning out, but like I knew that I had to have something to show these coaches. So I literally just went full high school, high school again yeah, and made like a recruiting video. I know. I was like, this is so weird. Cause I went through this with you junior year of high school, yeah, sophomore and junior year. And now we're doing it again. I know it's kind of strange, like literally full high school recruiting video. Yeah. And uh, I just emailed it to like every indie ball coach that I could find their contact email info. online. Yeah. And I just emailed it to them. And I got picked up within like two day, two days of sending the emails out. It was a Sunday that you yeah. sent it out or something, and we got calls back like the next day. But yeah, I don't know. Once you got signed, it's because you got signed so quickly that we didn't really have time to feel sad or whatever. Yeah. Because you already had a plan. But then all those stories on the OVO 
Instagram, they always were like, oh yeah, my husband got released, but then he found his love for the game again, and now he's like making his debut, or he's like doing all this stuff, you know? So I knew that indie ball would be a good move. Like, I just felt like baseball was so stressful for you for the past three or almost four years. And I just wanted you to, like, find your love for the game again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's tough. Well, I don't want to, like, talk bad about the Phillies because they took a chance on me. You yeah, know? like, they did a lot for you. Yeah, they did a lot for me. But it was just hard my first few years because I came in as a high school kid. So, like, whatever they tell you, you're just going to do it. Yeah. You know, because you, you don't know any better. And just the way that things were ran my first couple of years there were just really hardo mm-hmm. and just kind of killed my passion for the game you know yeah. it's like they didn't allow us to wear whatever we want to the field like you could only wear a collared shirt and nice slacks and uh on the field like you could only wear red shoes mm-hmm. like that type of stuff you know it's like yeah if big leaguers can wear whatever they want to the field and on the field then like wired minor leaguers being treated differently yeah when the goal if is the to end train goal you. is to make everyone a big leaguer like right. it just doesn't make sense yeah but i could see that starting to change when the new player director got player development director got hired um and then the phillies went to the world series last year and when i got to spring training this year it was like crazy like players are wearing like pink shoes on the field yeah and nobody's saying a thing mm-hmm. and like guys are wearing slippers to the to the field in the morning yeah with like a tank top and it's like yo what are we doing yeah like that type of stuff it, it was just a total culture change yeah but you can see already that it's working within the organization because their teams are winning yeah what so it just so like as a player so coming from an outside perspective you're like why does your attire matter so much like wh- yeah. what does that do like what does that change for you guys they just think it's like a you have to dress professional to be a professional type of thing no but like how does letting you dress however you want like affect you oh because you can just be who you are like Mm. you can just show up comfortable if you want to show up comfortable to the field yeah or if you're a guy that likes to get dressed up then you can get dressed up yeah but like just coming to the field not worrying about somebody like watching what you're wearing and giving you a fine because you're not wearing a collared shirt yeah it's almost like being in high school again, yeah, right? Like, like, they're just trying to control every little Yeah, thing. for no reason. Like, things that don't even affect the game of baseball right? are being monitored. Mm-hmm. And, like, to have to think about all of that on top of your baseball is just way too much. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so you spent that month in Seattle continuing your driveline training, and then you left for chicago to play for the windy city thunderbolts but you went to their spring training first right which was kind of like a uh, tryout yeah well when i sent out my emails then richie sexton he was our manager this year and uh he told me that their first baseman had like just retired Mm. recently so they were looking for a first baseman right um so, I mean, that right there, he's basically telling me, like, hey, the first base job is yours if you want to come play. Yeah. So, I was, I was like, of course. Like, basically, I just needed to go somewhere that they were willing to let me play every day. Mm-hmm. And, like, this was the perfect fit. So, I was like, sure. Yeah. I'm in. Because 
other guys who got released at the same time as you got picked up by another team like right away but the only difference was they just had more at bats than you did yeah it's not like their stats were better or anything yeah that's like what i looked for in a team for this year just because there were other teams that offered me um contracts to come play indie ball Mm -hmm. but it didn't sound like i was gonna be a everyday player or like some teams were telling me like hey you can come to spring training to try out and like see if you make the team and it's like it's so scary because you know you you don't go through this unless you're a baseball player and you don't really understand the feelings but being married now it felt a lot more real to me but it was like okay you just got released and you might go to the spring training and then you might get cut and then what do you do for the yeah, next and then year? You're absolutely screwed after that. Yeah, like you just do nothing for the entire next year if you get re- cut, you know? So, yeah, I think you made the right decision. And then exactly what you signed with the Thunderbolts for, you got. Because how many games did you end up playing this season? Yeah, I played 94 out of 95 games. Yeah, which is really good. So Only one off day. So that ended up working out really well. Yeah, I got 405 plate appearances or something. Wow, that's so crazy. 400. That's crazy. And then at the end of the year, I was like, oh, you must be so exhausted. Like, I'm sure you're super beat up right now. Like, you're just excited to start the off season and stuff. (laughs) But. No, I wish I had more. Yeah, you were like. When the season ended on the last day, it was like, it felt so sudden. Really? Yeah. Because there's a lot of traveling that happens in indie ball. Yeah. So, like, you kind of lose track of time. And when the last game came, finally came, it was like, dang, it's over. You're kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I always tell you this, but I wish I could be a part of a team like you are. Like, every, you're always a part of a different team. And this one was especially cool because you're with the same guys for the entire year like no one was moving up or down or getting traded or whatever indie ball is like kind of a weird place what was i saying earlier i was like oh the best way i can describe it it's like it's literally like being on a major league baseball team except you're not that good and you're playing indie ball yeah (laughs) but just like the way that the team is actually a team yeah because guys are there for the whole season right makes it feel like you're actually playing for something Mm-hmm. But when you're in a f- when you're in the minor leagues playing affiliate ball, it's kind of like dog eat dog. Like your your roster could change every single day. Yeah, and you're just trying to like make sure you can move up. Yeah, you just want to play well enough for yourself so that you can keep moving. Yeah, that's so cool though. I just I'm one of my favorite things in this world is camaraderie, and so I think it's just so cool that you get to like make these <laughs> like form a brotherhood throughout the season. You right. know. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> yeah. But I actually love the indie ball scene, though. It's like, it's a bunch of jabronis. Well, yeah. It's a bunch of jabronis <laughs> just hanging out. It's basically like college summer ball in a way. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like, like. Yeah, actually it is. Except the season's longer. Yeah. But it's just you and the bros on 15-hour bus rides across the country. Mm-hmm. Just playing baseball. That's so cool. And getting paid for it. not much but still getting paid yeah yeah it's actually funny like all the cliche things that people say about indie balls like my husband found his love for the game again but it's like true no it is true because you just go out there and have fun yeah like you really start to appreciate you said something earlier today that was like really endearing 
it was like i found my place as a hitter again though or yeah like you forget how good you are when you're playing affiliate ball because you always play against people or with people that are like top prospects first rounders or whatever yeah and it's just not realistic to put yourself up against that you know Mm -hmm. like these guys are gifted yeah but then you get to indie ball and you rake and it's like and you just have fun yeah then that's when baseball is fun again yeah also like since i came to visit you this past season it was very different than when i used to visit you in florida yeah because i would like drop you off in the morning and then like be by myself the entire day and then go watch the game at night but this one was like i dropped you off like a couple hours before the game there was one game where i dropped you off and i just stayed the entire time because yeah. like it's not even that much earlier that you show up to the field. There's some days that we would just show up to the field 30 minutes before the game and just put on our uniform and go play. That's crazy. That's like that's so crazy. But everybody plays well cuz you're just loosey-goosey out there. Yeah. Just um, loosey-goosey. What was it like playing for Richie Sexton? Yeah. For those of you who don't know who Richie Sexton is, not only is he the Windy City Thunderbolts manager, but he's also a 12-year MLB veteran with two All-Star games and a home run derby participation. That's a really good resume. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is crazy. He's got three hundred over 300 Major League home runs, which is a good number. But yeah, Richie is a great guy. Uh, it's interesting because he and I are like pretty similar. Like We're both pretty... Well, he's way taller than I am, but we're both considered tall. I'm 6'4", and he's 6'7". He is so tall. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. But we're both, like, right-handed first basemen, so we're kind of, like, the same person, you know? So I feel like it was easy to learn from him. Yeah. Because he just he just gets it. Like, the way that his body moves is, like, fairly similar to how I move. Mm. So a lot of the things he says just make sense in my head. But he was a really good guy to play for. Like, we, we had a lot of fun. He kind of just let us go out and play and, like, I'm so grateful for him for this season because there's a lot of other indie ball teams that make a lot of roster transactions. Like, they'll cut you and sign somebody else. But, like, Richie put me out there every single day. Yeah. And that's, like, all I could ever ask for for this season. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because I remember a distinct point in the year. It was pretty early on still, but there was a game where I was, like, 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts. And... I came up again in, like, the bottom of the 10th. And I was, like, thinking in my head that Richie's going to pinch hit for me. Yeah. But he didn't. He just let me hit. So, like, that moment right there was, like, dang, he believes in me. You know? Yeah. Like, you're his guy. Yeah. So then from then on, it's just, like, I was just playing loose and free. And then I hit super good this yeah. year. Yeah. That actually matters so much. I think it's because he was a player. He just... He said this in an interview, I think. But he understands the pressure that you guys have to perform yeah and like it's just not realistic to go out there and perform for 90 games out of a season right let alone like 162 games so i think he knows that like if you keep just like pitch hitting a guy when he's struggling or like taking out a guy in the middle of an inning when he's struggling yeah like they're never gonna build grit or like be able to perform right because every time they try they're just like scared that you're gonna take them out yeah it's like, I remember I asked you, I was like, oh, he left Davion in like a couple innings after he started struggling. He was like, yeah, that's because Davion's like our guy. He's our closer. Yeah, he's our guy. So. 
that's so just we're like, gonna just stick with him yeah that's just cool i don't know that is sick that's so old school though richie's he's old school baseball like that yeah and like, i love that for me just because like i trained at driveline all off season which is literally everything new school about baseball <laughs> yeah and then Richie's everything old school, so I kind of got a good, I got a good mix this year. Yeah, how did that affect like your you as a hitter? I think it's good. Like, I can see both sides of it. Um, so you kind of have, just, you kind of have to just filter things that work for you and things that don't work for you, right? And build it to be your own. I think there is a balance though that needs to, that there needs to be a balance. Yeah. Because like I think. An old school thing that goes back to just like your daily routine is like you guys wouldn't even take BP every day. Yeah, some like days it's you crazy. just like it's just like go out there and hit, like go out there and like swing hard. Dude, literally, okay. So new school is like, oh, you need to hit smash balls before the game. Yeah, weighted bats. They move a lot more than a baseball. Mm-hmm. So when you go in the game, the baseball will look regular. You know? Yeah, that type of stuff. But Richie is literally like. Oh, today we're not gonna take any swings before the game and just see how it goes. <laughs> but you like, know there was literally days where me and a couple teams wait teammates would walk to the cages by ourselves. Yeah. And Richie would see us walking there and he's like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Like <laughs> it's way too cold out here. Like, let's go inside. And it's like eighty five degrees outside. <laughs> but it's just like it works though. Yeah, it just works. For some reason. You know, sometimes you're definitely a baseball purist. As much as you are a driveline guy, you're like a purist. Yeah. There's there's just something to that that just works. Yeah. It's just so strange. Because y- you know how they say like the dumbest hitters are like the best hitters? Yeah. The people that just don't think in the box are the best hitters. Yeah. Because they just see it and hit it. Yep. That's just like, kind of how That's kind of how he's trying to get it to be. For sure. What do you think you learned from him? Mmm... Well, kind of what we just talked about, like, just going out and playing. Yeah. Having fun. But to be, like, super specific, he he taught me how to guess pitches this year, <laughs> which I think is interesting. That's so cool. Um, Yeah, like I said, cause, because we have similar profiles, like, big first baseman yeah. hits home runs that we th- I'm able to think like him, too. Yeah. So he taught me how to guess pitches this year, mm. which is pretty interesting. Um, I think you had... Well, you had the best batting average of your career. Defi- yeah, Definitely sure. best stats of your career this year. We had probably the most strikeouts of your career. Yeah. What do you think, like, how do you think your approach attributed to that? Well, yeah, that's interesting, too. I remember going to Richie at one point in the season. Yeah. I was like, yo, Skip, like, I'm striking out a lot right now, and I don't like it. Like, can you help me? Yeah. And he, he goes, well, you are batting fifth. Fourth and fifth supposed to strike out the most, so I think you're okay. <laughs> that's that's a, what he told me. That's a great response. Yeah. So <laughs> after he told me that, I just like kind of stopped caring. Yeah. But um, I mean, not that I don't care about striking out because striking out sucks. Yeah. And it's not good. I kind of just like took it into my own hands to take care of it. Yeah. So what did you try to do? Like walk more? Well, I, re- I remember. Well, yes. We had a hitters meeting about walking more. Yeah. And so... I would get to like three balls and whatever strikes mm-hmm. like and I would just selective. tell myself in my head like a walk is good. Yeah. But you're just like such a three one swinger. That's what I'm saying. 
like that's just you i just know you're gonna even if it's that's like, what i'm saying i would just like zone. automatically swing even if it's a ball yeah so i have to start telling myself like yeah a walk is good yeah you're right though that is a different you have to change your approach for that but then i also remember having a hitters meeting last season with the phillies and my hitting coach showed me my numbers before i got to two strikes versus when i got to two strikes and i think before i got to two strikes my batting average was like 370 or something wow so basically that right there just told me that i need to swing early get ahead yeah yeah i think it works every time you're ahead you do really well like you're a really good 2-0 hitter yeah well it's like you can't strike out if you put the first pitch in play yeah that's so true you know who does that julio he swings so early yeah you just have to swing early yeah that's how you don't strike out um okay let's just do rapid fire to like wrap this up just like some quick questions what okay. is the worst thing about indie ball the travel really? and the food okay i was gonna say the food okay what is like the worst thing about the food though dude our post-game spread was literally pizza every single day <laughs> that is so gross and it's not even good pizza <laughs> that's just like too much and i ate a disgusting amount of fast food this year it's like yikes because you go on these like 15 hour road trips yeah through the middle of nowhere and the only thing in sight is like a wendy's or a mcdonald's or something Oof. And you're starving because you're on this bus for 15 hours right. and you just go crazy at McDonald's. <laughs> That's so gross. Okay. Um, let me think. Best indie ball memory. Um, our trip to Quebec was pretty good. Uh, just the whole thing was really fun. Good vacation spot too. Also a bus karaoke. <laughs> Best walk-up song you heard this season. I would say my own. A-OK by Ty Verdes. What was it before that? The one before was Born and Raised Hawaiian by Bon Napoleon. Yeah, that was a good one, actually. Though. Yeah, that was a good one, too. AOK is good. Everyone kind of like sang along and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of my goal with a walk-up song is something that's more chill and something that everybody sings. Yeah. A lot of people have that as their walk-up song. Yeah. Um, Best moment for you this season? Game moment? Hmm. That's a good question. Last year would have definitely been your walk-off. That's why. Yeah, but I didn't have a walk-off this year. I had a couple of, like, tying hits or go-ahead hits, mm-hmm. but no walk-off. Um, I think just all the home runs I hit this year Yeah. are all memorable. You're at 12, right? Yeah, I had 12 this year. It's just the most I had. Ever. I honestly, sh- <laughs> well, our home field was so bad, like, the wind would blow straight in from left field. Yeah. So I I should have had, like, 20 this year, but 12 is still pretty good. Yeah. How? Wh- I wonder what percent was at home and what was away. Well, I hit a lot at home, just not the left field. Yeah. Because you can They're hit all it, awful. You can hit it to right field pretty good. Yeah. But anything to left field would just die. And I hit like eight to left field that I think should have been homers. Wow. Who's your favorite wife? <laughs> you? <laughs> okay, I didn't know what else to ask. <laughs> How much did you miss me on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> Dude, I literally get in the car with Nikki today. <laughs> No, this is last night when you picked me up from the airport. Oh, yeah. We were just having a normal conversation. Like, oh, how's the flight? Blah, blah, blah. Catching up. And just out of the nowhere, out of nowhere, she goes, did you miss me? It's <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I didn't see for the last, like, two months. I just yeah. had to make sure. Does that even need to be asked? <laughs> I had to make sure. <laughs> Do you love me still? I don't ask you that. I haven't asked you that in like six years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still love me? <laughs> oh, I don't think I ever told you this. Our shower in our home clubhouse yeah. had black mold like halfway up the walls. 
Stop. Yeah. That's really gross. It's disgusting. It's the most indie ball thing ever. Yeah. That's really gross. <laughs> oh, and our clubby. Well, he would never fold the towels. He would just throw them in a basket. <laughs> it's like we can't even get folded towels. <laughs> and then he would wash our jerseys and just throw it on our chair. Like don't even <laughs> bother to hang it up. <laughs> just like what are we paying you for? That is hilarious. Yeah, it's a very different atmosphere because the Threshers Stadium was a like spring training stadium. So yeah. it was really nice. Yeah. And like you could walk around the whole stadium. There's yeah, like a the bar clubbies in left were amazing. Field. The clubbies were so good. Yeah. It's like a big, nice stadium. And then walking into this one, I was like, wow, this is very indie ball. Yeah. Our place was kind of sick, though. Yeah. And then, like, so when I used to go to Will Call to get my tickets at the Threshers, like, the first time I'd be like, oh, hi. Like, it's Nikki Makishima. I need tickets. Or I got a ticket put under my name. And they would, like, make me show my ID and stuff. So, like, I just got used to, like, pulling out my ID and handing it to them. Yeah. And I came to Windy City and I, like, gave them my ID and, like, they don't even look at it. Yeah, they don't care. You could probably just walk in on it. But also, my name to. is Nikki Yonamine now. And, like, you're the only one that has that last name. So, it's kind of right. obvious. Just, what's your go-to karaoke song? Mine. Yeah. Love Story by Taylor Swift. Solid. I can belt that one really well. That's why. You Th- know? That's a good karaoke it's song. It's like it's in my range too. Everybody knows that. Yeah. What is yours? Um well, I've never done karaoke before, but on the bus I did Cool Down by Kaloe Kai. That's a really solid one. Actually, and like everyone would really know the words. Well in Hawaii, yeah. Yeah. I thought that yours would be like des Oh, you have done karaoke before. Despacito. That doesn't count. Oh. Just how much can I take? All right, that wraps it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catching Feelings podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and rate us down below. Leave a comment or a question if you want. And don't forget to follow Micah's hitting account. Yeah, please follow. What Thanks. is the handle? It's called Yona.hitting okay. on Instagram. Everyone and I'm follow. making a TikTok. All righty, we'll be looking out for that. Bye.